0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at channel and, XO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Alligators. Just FYI, before we get started, there might be a little summer break coming up. We are kind of finding some new distributors, a lot of boring back-end business stuff. But if you don't hear from me for a few weeks, that's okay. You know I would never just ghost you on this project. But we are going to maybe take a few weeks and kind of rejigger the podcast a little bit. So we might be back better than ever, but who knows? You might be, uh, I might be back in my bullshit next week. TBD. But speaking of bullshit... This week, we're going to talk we're going to do kind of a pep talk like a midsummer pep talk because now is the point in the summer. It's like we're used to the heat, we're maybe used to our routine. Like it's not that that intense burst of first summer energy where like everyone's at the beach, everyone's at the pool. Rah! We're kind of settling into routine. And that means we might be settling into a bit of burnout, whether that's jobs, but in this context, we're going to talk about burnout with dating. Because yeah, you know, the summer starts, we're all coming out of this goddamn pandemic and just the winter and all this bullshit. And we come out of the gate on fire, but we can run out of steam. And the downside, like what can happen is you might catch feelings for someone. I mean, just organically, you might just be like kind of done with the bar scene. It's like, you know, man, I really actually kind of just like to date someone or Maybe you've had a few heartbreaks now, like what went up did come down. And it's like, fuck, dude, I don't know that I can keep doing this. I can't be single anymore. This is a nightmare. What am I going to do? Okay, We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how to avoid this romantic burnout and the absolute horror of catching feelings and how these two things can relate how one can inform the other so if you find yourself in the thrall of a crush or like something worse love okay that's fine we call it falling in love because what happens when you fall think about falling down the stairs not like a huge flight but a few stairs you know you're embarrassed you're out of control you're a little frightened man isn't that how we feel when we find someone we like it's terrifying But I'm going to tell you how to dial down the hysteria and how to make friends with patients and some actual IRL things you can do to maximize the outcome with the person you like. I got it because I'm going through it myself. But before we get into it, just want to remind you guys that there is a new shalligator getaway trip coming up to the Dominican Republic next February. It's going to be in early February for five days. It's going to be four-star beachfront hotels, bachata, dance classes, cocktail classes, island speedball hopping. I don't know what this accent is, but I'm going with it. It's going to be so much fun. I think we have 20 spaces. Yeah, I think we have 20 spaces. And judging by the interest so far, it's definitely going to sell out. So click the link down here in the show notes to add your email for... Let's see, an alert right when the trip goes live on Wednesday and so that you can stay in the loop and be part of the early bird special. Get a hundred bucks off the trip. Okay, let's roll our shoulders back and get relaxed. <sighs> let's roll our shoulders back and just kind of get loose because this exercise that we do here is a crucial part of staving off burnout. And, you know, and I kind of think that... <laughs> Burnout just doesn't arrive in one form. It arrives with a whole bunch of us, like a goddamn family. It's like, hello, I'm burnt out in my job. I'm burnt out with socializing, with dating, with my dog, with trying to sort the fucking recycling. It's just, it's this domino effect of weariness and just this existential Liebschmude. Yes, it's this German word, Liebschmude. It means life tired, not suicidal, just... (sighs) this again, man, right? Life. Here it is. Yes. No, I know. I'm alive. Yeah, I got it. Super blessed. Hashtag blessed. Great. So when we can take a few seconds, not even minutes, not even hours, seconds to just breathe and listen and sit in a little bit of stillness in our own body. It's crazy what bubbles up. I'm the most creative. I have all my best ideas right before I fall asleep. Not because You know, that's optimal brain time. It's literally the only time I just stop. And when I stop, like the floodgates open and so much amazing stuff pours out and it's truly pathetic. I'm not leaving more room in my life for that. So don't be like me. Be better. And let's have some room here. So we're going to breathe in through the nose. (sighs) And out through the mouth. One more time. Tug on your ears. Hell yeah, I hold so much tension in my ears, right? One more time in through the nose. And out through the mouth. Okay, so let's talk midsummer burnout. Well, you know, like I said, at this point in the summer, you might be like that high, that bubble of initial summer, like I'm out here, I'm free, I'm single, I'm dating. Maybe it's all kind of gone up in smoke. Maybe not in a particularly hurtful way, but you know, some guys have disappointed you. Other ones have sort of fizzled out. You're sick of some of them, blah, blah, blah. It might be time to like start over, like renew the gaggle. Or maybe, you know, you've dated enough and like, what do they say? A broken clock is right twice a day. Maybe you've hit upon someone. Fuck, man. Oh, you actually like, okay, let's talk about this first. I was going to talk about this in reverse, but you know, since we're on the subject, catching feelings is a nightmare. Is it not the worst thing in the entire world? I've had some realizations lately because I've been single for a while now and I've loved it. Like I have, I think truly for the first time in my life, I've really genuinely loved being by myself everything from like starfishing the bed to like traveling without telling anyone just doing me like and not even the freedom the logistical freedom but I had this emotional freedom I wasn't twisted over anyone I wasn't grieving and mourning and obsessing and heart lockering I just felt finally like the slate truly was clean and it was like so precious to me to have that peace I didn't want to meet anyone else I didn't want to risk disrupting that but of course I'm a hoe so that's not really an option of course I met people I liked, and I've gone through a few breakups this summer I mean I use the term breakup loosely like people get so caught up in semantics right when we talk about this and we have a broken heart the first thing someone asks you is oh how long were you guys together and sometimes the answer is well we we weren't I mean we were kind of I don't know we were like seeing each other hanging out and hooking up i i don't know and then you start to feel foolish and you hear yourself say it out loud and you're like what the why am i so broken hearted about someone who really wasn't mine i don't know listen the heart is not a legal contract okay this isn't a court deposition the heart feels what it feels so if you are upset about something that's valid what isn't i'm going to say valid in terms of being healthy for you is to immediately rush out and let go of one branch I'm sorry, get a grip on one branch so that you can let go of the previous one, right? So maybe if you're catching feelings, ask yourself, is this a function of some unresolved feelings for someone else? I can say that I'm catching feelings right now. I am. It's, oh my God, you guys, it's awful. It's, oh, gross. It's the worst, the worst. But I can also say that my feelings catchiness is a function of something else that had collapsed. Now, on the surface, it's easy to look at this. And you might look at your own life if this is how you're feeling. It's like, oh, well, that's because I'm not over the previous person. Maybe, maybe it's that person. A phrase that I love that I go back to is, it's not the person, it's the possibilities. When we have something that implodes early on and we are just fucking annihilated about it, if we're truly being cognizant and self-aware... It might be that it actually wasn't the person because we might not know them that well. The data we have was good and we liked it and the conclusion we drew from that data was positive, but it was a very small and carefully curated sample of data. It takes months, if not truly years, for someone to reveal who they actually are. The first date, the first weeks, ah, still highly curated. Right? You're doing it. You're not showing up to dates like in your period underwear and your retainer and your Invisalign and all this shit. No, you are curating from the outside and from the inside. So, when we are like so twisted about someone, think about the things that you're actually mourning. Think about it because I guarantee you the things you're mourning were things that had not yet come to pass, things that you were imagining, sort of like the inverse of anxiety, imagination, I guess. Well, fuck, now. I was so excited to like trot him around to the bars and have my ex-boyfriend seeing him because he's so hot and he's so much hotter than them. Okay, so maybe it wasn't about that dude and your actual chemistry and how you connected. Maybe it was about how he could function in your life, what he could do for you. Maybe it was about the possibilities. And I'm not saying this to talk you out of your heartbreak, but I am saying it to talk you out of the power that heartbreak is having over you. Because then if this person is more possibility than human, right? then you know what they are? They're a signpost. They're not actually a destination. And when I think about the breakup I was sad over earlier this summer and how it's informed the catching of feelings now, it's not so much the person versus the possibility. It's that, I mean, for me, it like awakened something. It was, it was like, oh, I remember these feelings. I remember love. And it's been such a long time, if I'm being honest, since I really fell in love, like crazy head over heels in love, like a years. I mean, a really long time. And when you have something that strikes a match against that and you're like, oh, my God, it's like an addict that got just a taste of their favorite drug. And so I'm really trying to dial down, like, the actions that's going to impel, right? So instead of being like, I want a boyfriend, like, no, 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 because I don't. Ugh, I, girl, I don't. and I, Yeah, I don't think you guys do either. I mean, maybe, but it's like, mm, there's just such a hassle. But what I do want is that feeling. I do want that feeling. And so instead of trying to mourn that person, oh, I miss him, oh, what we have is so special. No, it wasn't. Like, his hairline's not even special. Like, give me a fucking break. I'm trying to use it as data. That person was in my life to give me data about what I actually wanted. What I want is that feeling. I now know that I want to feel those things again. It doesn't mean I want to get married. It doesn't mean I want kids. It doesn't mean I want to settle down, and blah, 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 post someone all over Instagram. It means that I am now perhaps ready to feel things that, you know, six months ago, I wasn't. I didn't want to feel that. At the time, those love feelings felt like entrapment. They felt like a prison. Now maybe they don't. But we must always pull back and judge these messages as dispassionately as possible, like a scientist, so that they don't run away with us and the tail's wagging the dog. Well, now I gotta go for this guy because I I want this feeling and I gotta chase this feeling. Mm -mm -mm. Maybe this new guy is also just a signpost. But, hmm, maybe he's not. Maybe you found someone... Oh, ugh. no he's actually really great god damn it how do you proceed from here on out luckily I have the answer Okay, well, first let's analyze if maybe these feelings and this great guy that you found is partially a result of romantic burnout. You're just kind of tired of the bars. You're to bad hinge and bumble dates. Like, you find someone you're like, "Ugh, oh, finally, just someone good. Okay, okay. The worst thing that can befall us, I think, is the right person at the wrong time or for the wrong reasons, right? You know why this is so bad? Because this is exactly what the fuck we experience in reverse with dudes, right? We meet a guy and it's like, we are so compatible. We like each other so much, but like the logistics are wrong or he doesn't want a girlfriend right now or he's still getting over his ex or finishing his grad degree or whatever it is. And it just doesn't get off the ground. And it feels tragic. It feels like the Shakespearean tragedy. Like why, why is God doing this to me? Why would you put this man in front of me when we're just these star-crossed lovers? It feels awful. So we can't do that either, right? If we are encountering someone who really is like maybe amazing, we got to come correct. How do we do that? We avoid burnout. How do we avoid burnout? We learn to set boundaries. Ugh, Shallon not the boundary thing again. I hate setting boundaries. Bitch, I do too. Everyone hates setting them. Everyone fucking hates setting them. The only people who enjoy setting them are like psychopaths and they don't even need to set boundaries. They don't have interpersonal relationships that are close enough. So forget about it. Everyone hates it. But boundaries don't always have to be about another person. Like when we think of boundary, I'm setting a boundary. We think about being very confrontational with someone, right? Kelsey, no, boundaries, Boundaries, okay. But no, the most effective boundaries actually aren't applied to other people at all. They're applied to ourselves. Think about it. If you're like, I am not going out with Kelsey because she drinks too much. No. And if I go out, we're each having two drinks and that's it. That's fucking it. No, she's not allowed to have more. Okay. Well, your boundary is actually trying to influence someone else's behavior and control their life. That's a losing game, right? That's a fool's errand. That's hard to do. However, flip that boundary around. Hey. I simply don't stay out past 11. I just don't. My alarm goes off at six because I get up and I run two miles every morning. That is my personal boundary. We look at boundaries and that word and we think about it meaning keeping people out, keeping things out, 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 out. No, sometimes they're meant to keep things in. Look at a fence around a house. Yeah, it's meant to keep people out, but it's meant to protect the house inside, obviously, right? That's the obvious other half of that. So if we can reframe boundaries as a good thing, as sort of a code for ourselves, a governance, a rubric, then they don't feel confrontational. They don't feel like an affront to anyone. And therefore, no one's going to get offended by it. And therefore, the deployment of those boundaries is not going to be anything that upsets anybody. No one's going to be pissed off. That's like, oh, no, Shallon just no, she this is her thing. Like she goes home by 11. She might get Wasty faced up until like 10 59 11 o'clock pumpkin time. She's out. That's just what she does Oh, okay. So kelsey's like, that's well, not it's not me. That's that's just what she does. Yes, exactly Because that boundary actually doesn't have anything to do with kelsey. It does have to do with me So turn those around. What does this have to do with dating, right? when we aren't protecting our energy and our goals and our money And our body and our health, we are going to get burnt out real quick. You know, I know that because I've been in the hospital three times in the last two months. That's a lot. I've never been in the hospital like really in my life three times because I was so burnt out and pushing myself so hard and not able to say no to anything. And that I mean, there's the physical fallout of that. But there's also, for me, like a dignity fallout. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be good at. This is literally my job. And I, as I was laying there with like my umpteenth IV, I'm like, <sighs> you're not an influencer. You're a clown. You're a clown, Shallon. And I was so ashamed of myself because I knew I could and should do better. I knew it. I just wasn't because i was trying to please people i didn't want to make people mad i didn't want to be boring shallon i'm fun bobby right but it was having an increasingly catastrophic fallout the reason there wasn't a podcast last week i was too sick i've been sick for like 10 days like that's a long time like nothing really like i'm very rarely so sick that i can't fight through it and i could not fight through it. Like there's a lot of flus going around Montana. It's fire season. So the air is like literally categorized as unhealthy or hazardous. Like you're not even supposed to go outside. So everybody's sick, but I got, I got a bad because I was already so run down because I hadn't, not only had I not deployed boundaries, but I never even set them. I never even set them. We wonder why people erode us. It's like, well, where's your wall? What are your deal breakers. And this brings me back to the dating thing. You're catching feelings. And I bet you, you want to do what I want to do. What I assume we all want to do. I have to assume everyone else is like this. Go all in. We go all in. If you listen to this podcast, you're an alpha female. You are, you know, you might be in a transition state. Like you're, you're coming into your alpha. It's blooming. It's inside there. It's pinging around, but it's there. And we are hardwired to acquire. I don't think of myself as a woman. I think of myself as an alpha animal. Like, I don't mean that in like in gender fluid. I have no vagina kind of way. But like, sometimes I have to remind myself like, oh no, you're, you're a girl. Like you don't operate the same way men operate because the outcomes aren't the same. Like it's, it doesn't work when you're a girl and you act like that. You have to take a different tactic. And we can say, that's not feminist. That's not fair. No shit, it's not fair. No shit, it's not fair. No, shit, it's not fair but it is the way it is. So are we gonna bitch about it and talk about how unfair it is, like that's gonna change anything? Or are we gonna learn to play the games by a better set of rules and have better outcomes? How about that? And I say this because yeah, when I see something I want, whether it's a job, an outfit, a house, a man, I, it's like my eyes go completely black. I'm like a great white shark. I am, I am a machine set on that target. And that's great. For the job, the house, the car, the whatever. It's not great for the man. It's off-putting. It's not attractive. Never chase. But it feels like you're denying your inherent nature. And you know what? Maybe you are. Maybe you are. But what's the analogy we talk about when we talk about nature and instinct? Peeing everywhere you want. Just peeing everywhere, right? I go floating a lot on the rivers here, like my friends and inner tubes and stuff. And it's great because we just pee all day. We just like drink White Claws and pee in the water. And then when we get out of the water, we always joke, we're like, are we still like not allowed to just like keep peeing wherever we want? Because that was really fun. I was like, would anyone even notice or mind if we just stood here peeing all over ourselves? And and we laugh and we don't do it. But for a split second, you're like, but that's what I want to do. I want to just pee everywhere. But we don't. And if we can stop that impulse, which is a very strong physical impulse, if we can override that and master it, We can override this one if we want the positive outcomes. If you don't, fine, do whatever. Call them 10 times. Like, just go be bizarre. It doesn't matter. Fine. But I don't think you want that. So the way to avoid this is to come up with your boundaries. I do not answer texts after 10 p.m. I don't. I do not FaceTime more than 45 minutes. I do not drive more than 10 miles outside, like out of my home radius to meet a guy for a date. He can come to me. I do not pay for the date. I do not hook up. And again, it sounds like it's a bunch of do nots, do nots. Okay, you can have some do's. I do wear outfits I feel comfortable in. I do suggest a different place to eat if I don't like what he's suggesting because I don't like that food. Okay. But you have to have this set of rules because otherwise you're going to have that all in feeling. And it goes back to that phrase, falling in love. You're just falling, free falling through space and time and dignity and white claws, right? If you have a rubric, you have a modicum of control. If you have control, you have respect for yourself. And if you have respect for yourself, he is going to inherently have respect for you as well. And if he doesn't, that will be so inc- incredibly apparent. No, dude, I'm not staying out till 2 a.m. doing shots. I'm, I told you I'm going home. I have to get up early. Oh, come on, you're being so lame. I'm not being lame. You're being lame because you don't respect that I have like a job and goals and whatever. Huh, you're gonna see that and you're gonna weed it out. But if you don't have that rubric, well, yeah, I mean, I, can stay out. This is my, I mean, this is a problem for me because I I can stay out. I, I am my own boss. If I don't work for three months, I mean, okay, like I can do whatever I want. So it can be a very slippery slope, solipsizing into something that is fun that I want to do, whether it's travel or a guy or whatever. So I have to have a rock fucking solid set of rules to govern my life. I do. Like I always go back to I make my bed. I just do. I make my bed every day. Okay, what else? I started there. I did that. I checked that off. Now I feel good. Now I feel like I can move through the world. I've got some agency. I've got some self-accountability. What else can I do? Let's build on top of that. Let's step it up a little bit. I work out every day. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying, you know, but okay, we're going to build on top of there. If you want a positive outcome with this dude, ironically, boundaries are the key. Do you like to be around people with no boundaries? No. I mean, not really. Not for very long. I have one friend, a uh, bit of a mess, bit of a mess. We love her. We love her. And when she comes to visit, mm, boy, does she bring the mess? She brings the party. She'll go out every single night. She'll stay out until three. She'll start drinking the next day. There's no real boundaries there, you know? And yeah, that's fun, but it gets sloppy. It gets messy. She's not She's not really accountable for anything. You can't kind of like trust her with stuff. And can you hold my purse? You're going to come back with a handful of magic beans, you know? But then you have another friend who it's like, no, I will rage until midnight and then I'm done. Oh, okay. People like, I mean, we kind of like rules. We do. We like a leader because someone who's imposing rules is a leader, aren't they? So if you are imposing rules on yourself, on how you interact with the world, you inherently brand yourself as a leader and what the fuck is more magnetic than a leader well what's more magnetic to elite than a leader to a quality person right a fuckboy a narcissist a manipulator a psychopath no he's not going to like your boundaries cuz what do we say about boundaries the people who hate your boundaries or you know it substitute any of that the people who hate your goals your parameters your anything They hate them because they benefited from you having none at all. So again, if you have this set of governance, you're going to be able to look at people and weed them out and see. You can see their bullshit. You can see through it. But not until you actually come up with those things. other thing you absolutely have to do, absolutely have to do, keep dating. Ugh, I know, I know. I'm going out and dating. There is never, ever a more crucial time to get back on Tinder, get back out at the bars, get set up on blind dates than when you are catching feelings for someone. Why? Data, data. You know, I'm a very data-driven person, I'm a science-based person, even though I'm exceedingly bad at science. I got like consistent C-minuses on my science fair projects. Fuck you, Mrs. McCall, who's laughing now. Probably all my Asian student friends who went on to go to MIT and now they work for SpaceX. Anyway, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You need to go out and get data in an actual scientific experiment. You know, when you think you're close to this conclusion, it's like, oh my God, this pill fixes that thing. Do you know what happens before that thing goes to market, before it's published in, you know, the Harvard Business Review or Medical Review, whatever it is? Peer review, peer review. Other scientists come in and they replicate it. Oh, okay, let's see. Does this work? It goes through the process again. More data is added. Things are tested. The theory is tested and in science is tested via other peer reviews, other scientists trying to replicate it. But in our life, when we have a conclusion we're reaching, this guy is my soulmate. I'm so fucking in love with him. I would travel anywhere just to see him or be with him. Okay, okay, okay. It's time for that data. It's time for that peer review. And instead of having someone else come in and try to replicate it, you are gonna go out and have other boys try to replicate the feelings this one is giving you. But I don't want to. <sighs> but I like him. I ju- can I just, Shallon, can I just like him? Can I not just like sit and enjoy this feeling? No, you can't, because this is not how we make it last. War is strategy. Is it not? War is strategy. Shallon, this isn't a war. This is love. (laughs) Oh, are they so different? Are they the opposite end of the exact same spectrum? They're all about acquisition. They're about establishing a place. They're about gaining ground, right? Okay. You have to be strategic. Yeah, you can just be ooey gooey and roll around in this feeling and text him back immediately and run off to see him whenever he calls and whatever and have sex for three straight days. You can do that, yes. But this feeling might become much shorter because you're not playing this right. If you go out and you find some context, oh my God, but the guy, like he's so smart. He knows about stoic philosophy. The guy I'm talking to knows all about stoic philosophy and I'm just like, I'm such a nerd boner for it. I'm so into it. But, I'm forcing myself to go out, go on other dates. And you know what I bring up on every date? Stoic fucking philosophy. Because I want to see like, hey, actually, is he really the only dude who knows about this? And you know what I found? No, he's not. You'd be surprised how many dudes know about Marcus Aurelius. You really would. Like a lot that I talked to. So I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. So this conclusion I drew with this one guy, now that I peer reviewed it, I have more data. I have contrasting data. Actually, this conclusion isn't so novel. It's not this one pill that cures this disease. Well, shit, it's actually three or four different pills. Oh, they're over the counter. That's crazy. You're getting some context. You're getting distracted. I mean, look, we always go back to I can't play hard to get. I have to be hard to get because I'm like queen of desperation. It's like we we When we like someone, it's like, I just want to look at you and eat and have sex and like touch your hair and I love you, right? Not smart. I purposely, when I feel myself catching feelings, I am on Groupon booking things. I'm on Expedia making travel plans. I am go, go, go. I am doing things at night when I'm the most vulnerable to texting him or checking my phone every 30 seconds. Oh, nope. We're going out. I don't care if we're going for a jog. We're going on dates. We're going to the bars. We're neutering cats. We're doing anything we have to, to not play hard to get, be hard to get, to bring in more data, to remind ourselves that, you know what? Yeah, he makes me laugh. Yeah. I feel connected, but actually The hour I spent going to the museum with my gay friend, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. If you're listening, we're going to the museum this week. I've decided. You don't know that, but I'm going to call you. That was fulfilling and connective and amazing and stimulating too. And it was nerdy also. Huh. Okay. Take the monopoly away from that person. It doesn't mean you're taking away the love. If anything, if you truly do care about the outcome, if you really think, hey, this dude could be the one for right now or the one forever, this is someone I kind of want to see where this goes, then you owe it to that chemistry. You owe it to him. You owe it to yourself to maximize possible positive outcome, right? And that means you got to pull back a little bit. You give love, you take it away. You rush in, you rush out. You give. And you take. This is the natural. This is the natural order of nature itself, of the tides, of the seasons. It's here and then it's gone. It's the finite that makes it valuable. It's supply and demand. So you got to increase demand, not increase supply. And this sounds. It sound. You know what? It sounds shitty because at first it's going to feel shitty, but it's like, once you can kind of shake that dust off, no, I'm going on three Tinder dates this week. Go on two or three Tinder dates this week. If you are catching feelings for someone, even if they're bad, okay, that's fine. It's still stimulating. It's still adrenaline. It's still something you can talk about with your friends. That isn't this dude. It's something you can spiral about and chew on and obsess over. That isn't the guy you actually like sometimes our brains. And I know a lot of us who have like anxiety, which is all of us. We're like a racehorse. You know, we just need to be like run like a racehorse. A racehorse doesn't give a fuck if it's running in the Kentucky Derby or out in a field. It just needs to run, man. Right. And our brains in the same way is sometimes my brain just needs something to chew on and obsess over and complain about and analyze so I can do it over the guy I actually like to my own doom and just ruin what's going on or Yeah, I went on a stupid bullshit date. Let's talk about, oh my God, we're going to brunch. We're going to talk about, ha ha ha. Shallon, how's the guy? You're like, oh, he's good, yeah. But I didn't spend two hours talking about him. I spent two hours talking about something that's, you know, in and out, in and out. It's fleeting. It's that racehorse sprint. And now I've dialed down that need. Now I've dialed down that hysteria, that energy. And now I can be dispassionate. There was a, a quote I read from a Stoic philosophy account that said between stimulation and response, there is space between stimulation, a message a feeling anger, love and response. I hate you. Go fuck yourself. Come over. I want to suck your dick. Right? Those responses. There's a space and it is up to us to make that space as large as possible. And to react within that space, to plan your response To use that space to dial down the emotions, okay? So that the response isn't knee jerk, it isn't emotional, it's more metered and therefore affects your outcomes in a more positive way. So, to recap, you wanna avoid burnout, setting boundaries, have a rubric for yourself, have a list of do's and don'ts, even if they are so small. Also, I forgot to mention this take some time, maybe date one month, take a month off, right? When we burn out, We tend to think like there's this feeling of like, oh my God, am I ever going to want to do this again? Right? Like, am I ever going to want to go back to work or back to school or date again? Uh, (laughs) Honey, everything is cyclical. Everything comes back around. It's okay. It's just temporary. This is a season, this feeling. So if you can already build in some parameters, you know what? Every other week I go out, every other time I go out, I put in my clip in hair extensions. Like I find I burn out a lot. On like glam like because I when I get dressed up to go out like I I do it I put my hair in <laughs> I put in my weird hair I put in my fake teeth no but I put in my hair it's like I do my makeup I have my outfit I have my heels I don't just like cruise out to the bars and flip-flops I don't do that but then I find myself facing burnout with being social because I'm like ugh, oh, oh fuck I gotta do the, I do the whole hair thing and then I gotta like but like the body shine to have a spray tan. So I tell myself, Hey, once a week you go out in flip flops with your hair in a bun. That's it. Okay. Every other month you don't date every other week you cook dinner at home every single night, whatever it is so that you have that built in that ebb and flow like the tide, like the seasons built right into your routine. So that when you do find yourself burning out, you know that relief is around the corner because you've already addressed that before it happens. So you're going to do that. You're going to look at why maybe you're thinking about this person. Are they a destination? Are they a signpost? Was a person who came before them a destination or a signpost? There's no wrong answer. You're a scientist. You're looking at data and drawing conclusions. And last but not least, you are going to diversify the portfolio. Have a gaggle. Have at least three guys you are talking to at any given time. The time when it is most important to set up those dates and keep going out and keep getting new data is when you feel like you don't need to, okay? Worst case scenario, worst case scenario. You're gonna be like, these dates have been stupid. I hate them and I really just want this dude. Great, that is a data-driven conclusion. That's not a desperation-driven one. That's not a knee-jerk hurt locker one. That's, no, 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 no. I know what's out there. I've diversified the portfolio. I've taken my time. I've contrasted this guy I like against other people. And I have decided dispassionately in that space between stimulus and response, this is the person I want to be with. All right, baby girl, go out and get him.